Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. I'd like to just start out just by praising God. And if you would, uh, you can sit, you can stand, but just start calling out the names of God that are relevant to you. Thank you, Father, for being my deliverer. Thank you, Father, for being my banner when I am weak, Father, that you hold back the enemy when he comes in like a flood, Father. I thank you, Father, for being my sin. You became my sin, Father, that I might have life and life more abundant, Father. I thank you for being my Redeemer, Father, that I can be called a child of the Most High, Father. I praise you, Father, for being a healer in my life, God, that you've healed me from my sicknesses. You've healed me from my diseases. You've healed me from my, uh, from my, my mind and, and, and my wandering lust, lust and things, Father, in my mind. God, I praise you for all the things that you are to me, God, that make you relevant to me, Father. I thank you for this church, and I thank you for this time, Father, that, that we're going through, God. I know it's a hard time, but I know that, God, that you're bringing us through it. You're making us stronger, Father. We're passing through a fire to be stronger and sharper than we ever were before, Father. I thank you for the men of God in this church, Father, that you are uh, a God to them, that you are a mighty shield for them, Lord, that you are a sword that cuts the enemy down when he raises his head, Father. I thank you. Oh, I thank you. I'm ready to go to war. I'm like with charity. I'm, I'm ready to take the enemy's head. There's too many, too many people that are falling, and it's making me angry. And in Ephesians 6, 10, we know what it says. It says to put on the full armor of God. And it says to be strong in the Lord and the strength of His might. Yes. To put on the full armor of God that you may, you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God that you may be able to resist in the evil day, having done all, or having done everything to stand firm. And it says, stand firm, therefore. Amen. Having girded your loins with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And in addition to all these, taking up the shield of faith, with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the, the Word of God. Thank you, Father. Church, it's not enough just to put on the armor. It says take the sword. Right. And we as Christians, we forget about the sword except for one day a week. And it's not enough for me to just show you the sword. But you've got to take it daily. Right. It says that this is the Word of God, that the sword is the Word of God. That's how we combat these things. See, it's not just having armor on. The most skilled fighters and the most skilled uh, militaries don't necessarily have to wear the best armor. I mean, if you look at Jeremy with his, uh, his Brazilian jiu-jitsu, martial arts, he could, he could probably take someone with a knife with his bare hands. Now, I might be putting a lot of, you know, a lot more stock into you or not. You could. But what I'm saying is he don't have to have the armor. He just has to have the know-how. Right. Yeah. 
he has to have the know-how to use his fists, his hands, his kicks, and practice those things daily to be relevant, to be effective. And that's what we have to do as Christians is we've got to take this word and we've got to study it daily to know how to use it. See, I think that's why so many Christians and so many churches are each other's throat because we take the sword. It's like handing a M16 to to Brian. Now, he might have enough enough know-how not to shoot someone, but he might have an accident. And he might have shoot himself, he might shoot someone beside him, but Christians are taking the sword and, they're, and someone says something bad to them and they're saying, oh, I'm going to cut you down now. Mm-hmm. But if we use the word to cut someone else down, then it's not, it's not, too being, it's not being effective. Uh-huh. We're cutting that person down and not the rulers of darkness and, wicked, and wickedness in high places. Wow. So having your armor on, you can have a full suit of armor on, but the enemy can come and just well on you but if you can't fight back that's all you are is you're just a a dummy you're a punching bag you're a practice dummy Mm -hmm. but it says take the sword which is the word of God in Jesus name I praise you father you see I'm gonna I'm gonna rag on I know it's Will and Charity's team the Vols and I I do like the Vols because I'm in Tennessee but they have a, we need to pray for them or something for the second half. Because, and, and it's kind of funny because they're called the volunteers. And, and, you know, we as Christians, we like to volunteer at the first. But it's not volunteering at the first. It's enduring to the end is what makes us effective. And we, we really need to pray for our teams, our Tennessee teams, because they like to start good. But halfway through, they fall down. And we need to, uh, we need to be more enduring and not just as a football team but as a church we need to endure these things and finish to the end if if we're going to start war let's not quit halfway through amen Amen. and i'm with charity when she says that she's she's ready for war i'm ready to take the enemy's head i'm ready to to take this to him instead of waiting for him to come hip to me you see the the bible is is a book but it's also a living book. It's the living word of God. And it's only good if it's relevant to me. Does that make sense? If it's not relevant to me, then it is just a book. And it's just a historical account. Maybe a philosophical uh, sayings and things in it. But that's what makes this so good is I can read through something and it not be relevant at a time. But then when I go through a season, it becomes relevant to me, and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, you put that in me, God, because you knew I was going to go through it. But I've got to recall what he's put in me. See, the Bible is so diverse that it touches every age and every situation. It's just got to be that relevancy that we're, that we're walking in. It can be relevant to a small child. It can be relevant to, a, to an older person. It can be relevant to an even older person. But it's always relevant to us in some way. There's, there's, you know, wonderful stories for the kids. There's deep emotional psalms and, and confessions. There's sermons to engage the deepest questions that we might have. There's teachings of Jesus that confront life and death and eternity. Uh, there's, you know, there's passages on healing. There's passages on deliverance. There's passages on, on, on us being redeemed and set free. But it's got to be relevant to us for it to be applicable. The Bible touches our life with purpose and meaning. That was the... 
uh, the main thing that when I got saved was I felt like I had a purpose. I, I wasn't, I wasn't uh, meaningless anymore. I didn't have a meaningless life. I wasn't just going through life empty. I, I got a purpose. My purpose is to get those saved. My life is, is, is good, and, and I want to live it to my fullest. I want to live it to see my kids get older, and I want to live it to see my wife you know, get older, and hopefully you know, I don't have to see any of them pass or any, anything like that. Hopefully I'll go before that. But I know that my life in this life is only, like we've said before, a vapor. And I'm living this life to live for the next. Right. Not to get there, but I'm living to reap rewards there. Right. And, and it's, it's all about eternity. It's not about this life. It's the application to life of the Word that makes His Word come alive in us. Mark 4.30 talks about the mustard seed. And he's talking to his disciples and he says, How shall we picture the kingdom of God? Or by what parable shall we present it? And he said, It's like a mustard seed, which when sown upon the soil, though it is smaller than all the seeds that are, are, are upon the soil, yet when it's sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and forms large branches so that the birds of the air can nest under it, under its shade. You see... It's not how big your faith is, but do you have it? Because we've said this before also that the mustard seed is one of the smallest seeds and you could lose it in here easily. But it's when it's sown. And notice that it doesn't say that it's the only plant sown. There's other things in our lives that are being sown but when we use that faith and we let it mature, then it becomes bigger than those things that were sown in our life before. You see, there's, there's, there may be grief sown in our life right now, but when we use faith and we let it mature a little while, then it's going to be bigger than that that was grief. Amen. So there's other things being sown, but it says they're only garden plants. They're light. They're light afflictions. But when the mustard seed is sown, it grows larger than any of the others and forms large branches. And that birds nest under its shade. Now if you know anything about trees or plants or anything like that, birds scatter the seeds. Birds make plants be able to travel, basically, because they're rooted. But these birds can make plants, you know, from here go all the way to Massonville. They, I mean, they just they take them and they drop them. So it's saying that when we let this thing mature in our lives that we're, we're going through, there's going to be things coming from it that others will be able to experience and reap rewards from. Thank you, my brother Will and my sister Charity and, and Harold and Cheryl and all the others, I mean, all of us are affected by this thing. But when we let it mature, let this thing mature, and we, that we still have faith in God. Right. And that we know that God is God and God is good. My brother said the only thing he can say is God is good and he's God and God is still God to me. But people might come up to you later, Will, and say, 
how do you get through this? Because they might have a similar event or they might just be astonished at how, how bright you shine after this. Right. Now, it, might, it might take a little while for you. And we're all here to help you. It might take more time for, you know, for Harold or anyone. But when someone says, how do you go through this? You can say, God is God. Right. And that's where you're spreading your branches of your faith. And people are seeing that, and they're like, I'm going to take that, I'm going to run with it. And they might go somewhere way far away that you can never reach, and they touch people that you can never reach because of your faith. Your faith is, is strong. Thank you, Jesus. Proverbs 4.18 says that the path of the righteous shines like the light of dawn. And that it shines brighter and brighter until the perfect day. Did you put that up there, please? The uh, Proverbs 4.18. Thank you, Jesus. The path of the just is as a shining light that shines more and more into the perfect day. In, in the NASB, it says that it's, it's like the dawn, the dawn of the light. When it comes up over the mountains over here and, and we start to see that light break the darkness, it says that the path of the righteous is like that, and it just keeps shining brighter and brighter until that perfect day when that sun is 12 o'clock noon and it's shining bright upon everything. See, we're called to be that. We're righteous, right? Amen. We're righteous, and we shine a light. Now, it might be dark now, but dawn's coming. It takes repetition of the Word to get us through this. And it takes our friends and our family to help us get through this. I was, uh, I was in Florida, and we stopped at a little playground and let the kids play. And Asher was playing on this playground and it had like this little fireman uh, rail or the, uh, the, what's it called? The fireman pole. Yeah, there we go. I couldn't think of the word. The fireman pole. And uh, there was a slide right beside it and then there was another thing beside it. And he just kept running past the fireman pole. And I kept watching him. And then he saw Isaiah do it. And then he got interested in it and he went over to the pole but he was looking down, and it was like five feet off the ground. He was just like, there's no way I'm going to do that. You know, he started, he started like doing his little whiny voice. And so I went over there, and I said, do you want to do this? And he, you know, he shook his head yes. So I grabbed him by the waist, and I brought him over to the pole, and he held on, and I let him slide down, and I held him all the way down. So he, he ran back up the stairs, got back up there. He wanted to do it again. So this time I just took him by his hands, put him on the pole, let him slide down by himself. Then he ran back up there. And he, start, he started sliding and stuff, and I kind of walked off. I started sitting down. I started watching him. And he went up there, and he looked down, and he looked around, and he grabbed the pole by himself and stepped out, and he slid down by himself. I say that to say this, that what we see and what we've been taught, and we've been taught a lot, is how we, how we build upon that. You see, Asher, 
at first had no interest in it, but then he saw his brother do it and wanted to do that, and then he had to have help. You see, he was a, he was a babe. He was a, he was a baby, and he couldn't do it by himself. But then when he started to mature a little bit, and it was just a short amount of time, he started doing it on his own. You see, we've, we've still got our head, but it's in a different place right now. And it's delegated to these three men and these men and really everyone in here, really. But we've, we've got to remember what we've been taught and build upon it. We've been taught that, that this is a radical grace and, and you know, God's still healing and, and all these things. And we've got to build upon that. We can't, we can't go backwards. The only way to go is forwards. And I'm not saying forget those things that are behind, but I'm saying let the grief and things have their time. Amen. But in the next season, let's push forward. Amen. Ephesians 4. And verse, uh, starting at verse 6. Sorry, uh, Ephesians 5, sorry, verse 6. It says that, Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not be partakers with them, for you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists of all goodness and righteousness and truth. I'm reading out of the NASB, by the way. Trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord, do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. For it is this disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret, but all things become visible when they are exposed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason it says, Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise Make the most of your time because the days are evil. Amen. Amen. We've got to let Christ shine on us, church. Amen. We've got to let Him shine on us that we may be shining on others. There's, um, there's things that we've got to do and I'm ready to move forward as a church. I don't want to I don't want to be by myself and I don't want to I want I want to be around you guys. I want to be I want to have gatherings. I want to just, you know, pull together. Um, you know, it's not it's not the it's not the men of God's priority or or job to, you know, always bring the word and that's the only word you ever get <coughs> on Sundays and Wednesdays. But we need to come together and just fellowship because out of that fellowship comes the word. Out of that fellowship, we're gathering together. We, we share our faiths. We share our struggles. We share, uh, you know, we confess one another um, things, you know, that we just, we got to, we just got to come together. And I'm not going to keep you long today. That was basically all I had. And I want you to, to be encouraged that.
we're going to war, and uh, we have God on our side. And I just want to encourage you to make this relevant to you. Make the word relevant to you in every situation. And the only way that we can do that is to know it. I mean, we could, we could sit here all, all day and just praise the Lord and sing songs, and we'll get some out of that, but you've got to get into this to be able to go out there and to combat that. Amen? So go ahead, stand to your feet. If you have a need that you'd like to be prayed with or just even come up here and uh, praise the Lord or praise the Lord from where you're at, you know, it, He's worthy to be praised. He's done too much for us, church.